Hi, and thank you for listening to Dream 10X Radio, where we interview people attempting to live extraordinary lives. Our twofold purpose is to both direct and inspire people bold enough to do the same. Dream 10X. Face your fears. Hello, Dream 10X. Welcome to episode 32. This is your boy, JC. I'm here with my lovely wife, Dr. Capel. How are you doing this evening? Good. How are you doing? This afternoon, sorry. <laughs> All of the above. <laughs> Good. We're sitting outside, enjoying the, the warmth. It's about 90 degrees. <laughs> Feels good, though. We were just reminiscing about our time in 2017, about, about the same time of year in Boom, Belgium when we went to Tomorrowland listening to a bunch of EDM DJs having a great time with people all over the world and the locals from Belgium and there were these great food places there as well and one of them was called Balls of Glory tell us about the Balls of Glory they were so delicious they were these giant meatballs and we stuffed our faces with them and the mashed potatoes and gravy oh was gosh. incredible with a beer. It was just yeah. great. <laughs> oh, my mouth is watering. Very good. But uh, we, so we, a lot of the pictures that we took there, we used on our Dream 10X website. So anyway, we were just reminiscing about those good times. And uh, we hope that Tomorrowland can open again one day soon after this COVID thing is over and people can start enjoying the music festival. It's an awesome place to go. A lot of fun. Highly recommend it. And about that same time is when I started playing around with machine learning. And I'm not going to use the word artificial intelligence. I'm going to try not to because I don't know what it is. I don't like the term. So machine learning. And machine learning relative to a book I just read called The 100-Page Machine Learning Book by Andre Burkhoff. And it's actually 130 pages, not 100 pages. So it's a little false marketing there. But it's very intense. And I don't so... We've talked a little bit about, do we really want to get into these technical terms and tech, technical things on this podcast? Our one listener, Sasha Rosen, who uh, she and I were in the Navy together, and we I haven't seen her in 21 years, and I saw her for the first time last weekend, so it was really cool. But she's an engineer, and she loves our podcast. She said she listens to it, so she might actually really appreciate that. <laughs> awesome. Thank <laughs> Yay, you, Sasha. Sasha. <laughs> 21 years? I didn't think you were older than 22. Yeah, 25. <laughs> wow, that's cool. I got my doctorate when I was six. <laughs> <laughs> what is your doctorate in again, by the way? Organizational learning. Organizational learning. Cool. So you, you are always talking to me about learning and neural stuff. That I, I don't <laughs> neuroscience. Know. Neuro, neuroscience, yeah. So it, it's interesting how my interest in machine learning and your interest in and learning and neuroscience and human learning kind of intersects and so you're always asking me things you know about technical things to see how it might apply to the what do you call it qualitative analysis you do in the area is that right (laughs) sure is that am i making a fool of myself again (laughs) anyway Human learning and machine learning is very fascinating to Mm -hmm. both of us. And I have been thinking a lot about how we learn, uh, especially relative to my desire to learn more about this new body of, or this new field of technology. So uh, 
I remember when I first started learning Java, Java programming language, I really had to, and I, and I learned it, a lot of it by reading books, mm -hmm. reading books on how to structure the programs and the syntax and all that stuff. And I really had to focus and, and really ponder the, the meaning of these, uh, the meaning of the code and, and how it was all working. And it took me a long time to, um, you know, kind of, I don't want to use the word meditate, but it really was meditate and think about what the, what the text meant, what the language meant. And then I had to take what I was reading and actually do things with my fingers on keyboards. So that's amazing to me because when, you, I mean, it's essentially learning a new language. But I didn't actually learn it until I put fingers on keyboards and started building program writing programs okay okay uh, maybe there's a slight nuance there between what i i was trying to say that in learning that learning that thing that java programming thing that's kind of how i went about it and i didn't it didn't really start to sink in until i started building programs myself on, on a keyboard and an editor and compiling it and running it and seeing how things actually worked and so in machine learning, learning this field of machine learning, it's kind of the same way. I, I'm reading this book. I read this book, the 100-page machine learning book by Andre Burkhoff. I, I can't say I fully understand it. But I'm having to focus the same way on this book as I did initially when I was learning Java. But this field is, this is even harder. This is much harder than learning a programming language. This is a much broader, uh, this is much broader in scope. And it's much deeper. Um, there's a lot of a lot of new concepts to learn that I, I wasn't fully aware of, and I want to try to take a high-level perspective and simplify some of the things I'm learning and present them to you in an attempt to learn it even better. And, and maybe I'm presenting, and I, I'll probably present wrong, but um, I want to try to do that by talking on this podcast just to see how. You know, see if I can get some of this stuff to sink in and um, see if it bring, raises some more questions that don't make a lot of sense that maybe I need to dive in deeper and, and figure out. Makes sense. Does that make sense? Absolutely. There was a guy I worked with and I noticed in him that he would love to try to explain things to people even though he didn't know it. And yeah. he was doing that because that helped him learn it better. We did that all the time in teaching. <laughs> and that was new. That's new to me. Yeah. Like that was not something I ever would try to do. So I want to try to do that now. I want to try to explain to you like, maybe the first chapter that I read in this book to see, you know, is it sinking in? That sounds great. Um, so what is what is machine learning? Machine learning is basically taking a bunch of data, running it through an algorithm, and having that algorithm interpolate what the rules are that it should apply to that data to get the results that it needs. So kind of like logic modeling? Um, kind of like logic modeling. But if then? It, 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 it builds those rules, yes. Okay. The way I typically program right now is to write those if-then statements. But this is, figure, this is interpolating those statements from the data and the algorithm that you use to interpret that data. So it's, and it's thinking. Building, it's not thinking. It, it's not. It's not thinking. It's not AI. It's not. There's nothing artificial about this. It's just an algorithm. It's just a statistical model. Have you ever modeled a financial statement? Have you ever modeled your your net worth and tried to predict using your model what your net worth would be? No. <laughs> I do that all the time. And all, all I'm doing is, you know calculating how much money I'm saving per month mm -hmm. and, and, and multiplying that by 12, basically, you know, 
and pulling in some other inputs like how much credit card debt I have, how much our mortgage is, how much, uh, you know, blah, 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 all those things to figure out each month what the net net worth is that we have. And then um, from a historical perspective, you can kind of see how your net worth is growing or shrinking. <laughs> Hopefully it's growing. And that you can build a mo you can build a mathematical model from that. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Does yes, that make sense? That makes so sense. Yeah. you can see how things are growing or shrinking mm -hmm. from a historical perspective, and then you can fit you can build an algorithm to kind of fit that data. Yeah, that makes And then you can sense. use that to project into the future. Well, where am I? Where are we going to be at in ten years? Mm -hmm. And is there something we need to do to you know modify if we have goals ten, 10 years down the road and we're not hitting that ten year goal? What do we need to do to our model? The, the data in that model to to get where we want to be that's that's what machine learning is it's all it's doing is building a model based on the data that you feed it and it's inferring rules from that data and those that algorithm um and then it, it's that's why they call it learning is because it's building those rules by itself from yeah it's building those rules by itself it's not it's not intelligence it's not artificial intelligence it's just it's programming. It's just a different way of looking at programming. And programming is not artificial intelligence. Mm. Programs are not artificial intelligence. They're just doing what you tell it to do. Um, the machine learning thing, it, it infers rules. You're not telling it explicitly what to do. And so I think a lot of people are like, oh, this is magic. This is artificial intelligence. It's not magic. It's not intelligence. It's just deriving rules from data mm. is really all it is. And um, so before I want to go into any more of that, I did want to say that from my perspective of, of trying to learn more and more about this field of machine learning, my first forays into the field has been to actually use models that other people have generated, other machine learning models to do various things that other people have created. And my first experiences have been with those models built by Amazon to run an Amazon cloud because it's so easy to get involved with machine learning by using a cloud provider because they have infinite amounts of, uh, um, of resources, computing resources, and they make very simple interfaces to use those very complex services, very complex machine learning models. Does that make sense? <laughs> So, for example, the first my first foray into machine learning was to start programming Alexa skills. Have you used Alexa? I have used Alexa. In fact, Dream 10X has an Alexa skill. Oh, why don't you show it to us? Well, I, I won't show you, but you can hear it. So here, Alexa, tell Dream 10X to find episodes on artificial intelligence. I found three matches for artificial intelligence. Episode 18. Thinking about human and machine learning. Episode 19, The Age of Spiritual Machines by Ray Kurzweil. Episode 31, Genius Makers, Marketing Artificial Intelligence. That's so cool. So then you can go on and say, Alexa, play episode 31 about, you know, or whatever, whatever episode that you want, and it'll show that she, she's not she, it's a machine. It will play the, the podcast for you. Um, so... I started playing around with Alexa skills, and the uh, first one I built was in using Node.js. You know what Node.js is? Mm, no idea. It's just a, a JavaScript-like programming language, very simple syntax, 
and you uh, so an Alexa skill is not machine learning either it's just a program but that program calls application programmer interfaces that live in the cloud in Amazon cloud that in turn invoke complicated machine learning functions and that's how Alexa knows how to interpret your voice so your voice goes into the Alexa gets converted to to binary data that gets sent to the cloud which gets interpreted in a machine learning model that can convert that to something text or something like that that Alexa knows how to interpret and then knows how to call the appropriate endpoints utterances in your skill the the skill that I wrote um, that does certain things so I don't have to know what the person is saying I just have to define key utterances like my skill name is Dream 10X, and so <laughs> that's an angry bird. We're sitting outside. We have birds and dogs out here, so pardon the the noise interruptions. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's nothing really that difficult about using a, a complicated machine learning model in the cloud. Um, so the Dream 10X model we just listened to is written in Python. I don't know if you've ever used Python. You've what heard is Python a language too? Python is a scripting language, just okay. like, like no, Java. Like Java's not a scripting language. It's kind of a compiled language, but is R the same as Java? <laughs> R is not the same as Java. So no R. <laughs> no, no R. I haven't used R in a while, so no R. Is that a pirate joke? <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness R uh, R is used for data analysis as well but uh, but I don't I don't know if you could characterize R as a language or maybe it is or a tool I think R is a, is a language <laughs> I'd have to look more into that but anyway so uh, Alexa skills can run in Python and Node and Java and um, it's not machine learning. You're using a model that's already been pre-built to do things. Um, when I went, when we we went to AWS reInvent in what was that, 2018? After we yeah, went to so. Belgium, mm-hmm. and I remember sitting in the audience listening to the Andrew a- Andy Jassy keynote, and in the keynote he mentioned that they were going to have a new class on deep learning or deep learning using a hardware device called deep lens that anybody who participated in the class could get a free deep lens and play with. And all of a sudden everybody went crazy trying to sign up for that class. And I knew I probably wasn't going to get in and I didn't, I, I think I only had my phone and my phone was being really slow and that, the app, the reInvent app was kind of wonky. So I couldn't get into the class where other people had laptops and they so were getting mad. in. I was so mad. <laughs> I mean, the frenzy was insane getting in there. And then, and then I remember going in the hallways where people were lining up to go in the class and the, the wait list people were in line and they were like going around the building. The line was going around the building and it was just insane. People were going nuts getting in there. That's how popular this machine learning stuff is was back then and it's even more popular now i think but but that was really kind of crazy almost you know it was insane time somehow i ultimately got into one i think it was late at night they they, op- they opened up some, the first thing in the morning i can't remember which yeah it was some off hours thing and yeah. i was like shoot i'll go i don't care and yeah. oh and i had to cancel i, I was going to do some other thing do, some like, helicopter, helicopter ride, ride or something yeah and I canceled that because I really wanted to get into this deep lens thing. So got in there and, you know, it was just awesome. Uh, 
learning to use this camera, basically, this camera device that ran some AWS stuff on the edge, uh, on the actual camera. You could deploy to the camera uh, using all these pre-generated models. And that was kind of like the first time I really got the concept of a model. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, well, what is that? Okay, I'll just follow the steps. I'm not really sure what a model is and why I got to put it on here. Uh, oh, this model, this model can take images that it's seeing in this video camera and it can detect faces and people and you know what you can def detect dogs and whatever and you can tweak it and to do and, and wow this is fascinating this is really cool and of course the tutorial during the class was a hot dog no hot dog you know throwback to the silicon valley uh series on on that the same thing the, the thing that jin yang developed <laughs> and i was just awesome it was it was a lot of fun got one of those cameras brought it home and then you and i did a little hackathon we played around with it and um so slowly but surely it's starting to think in sink in how these how this machine learning stuff is is working so but still there's a lot a lot to learn and this this book um helps to helped me get my head around a little bit more some of the the technical aspects of how those models are actually built so so far you, you make you so far you I'm with you. I think I'm tracking where I'm at <laughs> <laughs> as well. So the real complexity then comes down to how do you generate the model? That's like the real meat and potatoes of machine learning is the model. And I don't know if it's fair to liken a model to a brain, but I kind of think about it like that because the algorithms that you use to feed in your data. Uh, it kind of, uh, you can kind of liken that those algorithms, th those are the neural networks. There's different types of neural networks and neural networks are kind of like modeled after the neurons in the brain, right? So that's kind of where things have been going. I think the mindset of the scientists and the mathematicians and the philosophers behind this whole field have kind of tried to model things after the human brain as much as they can even though probably technically it doesn't really model neuroscience it doesn't really match neuroscience but if you like look at it from um the perspective of, okay see the algorithms are how the brain in machine learning works it's the same with like learning theories so we talk about dewey i talk about dewey all the time and bateson that's how the human brain works. So it's the, the learning models for humans are the same as like the algorithms from the machines. It's just how we process information and learn information. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's similar just in a different way. Right, and I just started to come to that conclusion as well recently. I was reading another book, I forget which one, but it talked about how your view of the world is based on models. Mental that, models. Mental mm -hmm. models. And that really got me thinking, mm -hmm. again, the word model, like it, it's, how you interpret data yeah. is all is really all it is. And the algorithms simple. for that is all based on past experience. Right. That, yep. Exactly. And the neuron, the neurons um, that your brains have created in those neural pathways. So it's the same thing. It's the same algorithm, just done different. Right. And the other pathway. fascinating thing is, humans can iterate on different experiences, mm -hmm. and they can change their models based on those iterative experiences. And that's yep. exactly how this field of com computing works and in fact I had a dream last night because uh, I've been thinking about this machine learning stuff had a dream about um, I was working with somebody else and we were iterate we, we were building pipelines to iterate over the different 
types of algorithms that could be used, the different types of data that could be used to feed into those algorithms to generate different models. That's cool. And the reason for the pipelines and the iterations was to refine the model to get better and better and better. But the, the key word was pipelines. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, that was the dream. Uh, I saw in my brain, in my dream, a list of, of iterations running. And each one was a pipeline to generate a new model using different parameters, different algorithms, tweaking the data, whatever. That is cool. And I'm, I don't know where I came from, but uh, it makes total sense. When I wake up, I was like, oh, this, ma this makes total sense. It's just like humans, you know, like we just talked about. Um, except computers can do these iterations so much faster yeah. than humans can. And I guess that is the real one thing that really kind of scares me about machines is that they can go through iteration. They can iterate so much faster in the virtual world than we can in the real world to learn things. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I'll just leave that there. But that's real one little key fascinating point that I've been pondering is the, the iter iterative cycle of learning. So I wanted to get hands on. So now that I read this book, I wanted to find what is the simplest example I could, I could build with my fingers on the keyboard. So I've taken Andrew Ng's uh, Stanford machine learning guy class on machine learning on Coursera. I've been through the whole thing. You develop a Python program to recognize, it's a cat recognizer. <laughs> and so it was like a four week course that did that, but I walked away with a lot of questions. And one of my big questions was, okay, I just developed this. And in that class, you don't use any frameworks. You develop the algorithms and everything, the math, everything from scratch, pretty much. I mean, you do use some Python libraries for that, but pretty much everything is from scratch. You're not using TensorFlow or any other fancy things like that. And one of my big questions was, Okay, I finally, I finally built this thing in uh, a cat recognizer, but it doesn't recognize my cat. So I took a picture of our cat Simba and I fed it in the thing and it didn't recognize it. And so I put a, a question out on LinkedIn just on a whim, like, oh man, I finished this class, but it doesn't recognize my cat. And my old boss from that we interviewed, Dave Renson, who was at Google and now he's at Pendo.io, he said, oh, the way these classes and these algorithms work, they don't recognize cats unless they're on their back. That's so weird. <laughs> Why He's like, it? here, try this cat. He sent me a, an image of his cat on his back. Sure enough, I recognized that. I was like, what the? That was awesome. Wow. It, it reminded, that it, that event reminded me of the time I was in Honolulu, Waikiki. I was trying to learn to surf for the first time. While my board... Um, you know those boards and white those waves in Waikiki come in forever so I'm like on my stomach and then I'm struggling to get up and then out of nowhere this guy comes up beside me he's a local he's on he's standing on his board he holds my board while he's surfing the same way so I can stand up wow that is cool and then he goes off on his way and I'm standing up and I get to write it and I'm like oh and he's like aloha whatever <laughs> that's awesome it was amazing so yeah. it kind of reminded me of that like you're struggling to do something and then somebody comes out of the blue and so just holds this one little thing so you can get up the rest of the way and like oh that that's cool uh i just i, I love that experience and that analogy i love that yeah that's beautiful so anyway 
we you know we go through this class another question i had was okay where does the model live now like how do i i built i trained it to recognize these cats on their back like i want to write a program now to, to, to do that to use that model where does it live and so that was like a burning question i and i i guess i could have asked in a forum i, I didn't ask in the forum where the model lived. but anyway so this past week i was like all right what is the simplest hello world example of a machine learning program that i can write that helps explain kind of how to structure a machine learning training set, how to train a model, uh, and then how to use that model. Because the model is the brain, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's more than a function. A function is, you know what a function is? No. A function. A conjunction junction. What's your function? <laughs> you know how in math where you had the oh, F with the X yeah. in it, and then yeah. the X gets passed to like yeah. you know some some little um, math equation that spits out an answer. That's a function. So a machine learning model is kind of like a function, except it can it can be much. You can pass in huge arrays of data that it can then go and calculate information on. Okay. So it's much more complex. It's the data that you can feed in there is, is much more, is much broader, much deeper. Mm -hmm. uh, so anyway, why was I pointing that out? I don't remember. But uh, anyway, so I wanted to build a simple model. Uh, I found an example on Google Developer how to use TensorFlow. It's basically a hello world. You know, hello world is like the simplest program you can write. And that's where you typically start. So when I was learning Java, it's like, all right, what? Hello world. Let me build a hello world Java program. Public static void main string args system out that print line. Hello world. Woo! Compile it. Yay! And then from but from that very simple building block, you can start to build huge complexity and knowledge on how to build that complexity. So and then once you get your fingers moving on that simple case, then the more complex things start to flow. So hello world machine learning. I developed that in Python. And I trained a model. Uh, the, the example is just uh, an array of numbers. And uh, the, the model learns the relationship between the numbers, fits a curve to that data, the, an optimal curve to build the model. Does that make sense? Like a learning curve? Um, uh, so if you think of the numbers as a 2D array, and then uh, there's a decision plane that is so it tries to figure out the relationship between each set of numbers. So the algorithm tries to guess the function to derive the relationship between the numbers. And then, and then tries to figure out the loss or, or the, the error in the guess. And then it tries to, uh, it uses what's called an op optimizer to restructure the algorithm to guess again. And it, it iterates until it figures out the correct algorithm to determine those numbers. It basically plots those results on a 2D graph for this. And then hopefully you've got a clear plane between the guesses, the yeses and the noes. So it, it can determine uh, statistically what your answer is going to be for any value that you choose. It but sounds like those horrible SAT questions where it gives you like a set of numbers and you have to figure out the relationship between the numbers and you have to guess the next one. Yeah, for this simple example, that's exactly what the problem is. 
for this very simple example. I'm just trying to explain how the the algorithm, the machine learning algorithm, is 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 trying to derive what that uh, what that what that function is to yeah. fit the data. Yeah. It's basically trying to derive a, a function to fit the data that you're feeding it. That makes sense. So then, um, I use TensorFlow. Very simple example there. Very very easy to use and I don't even have to think about any of this math or anything because TensorFlow does that for me. So I, again, I'm, uh, I'm not really worried about the, mo the, the complex algorithms and stuff. I'm not running it in the cloud, I'm running it on my local machine now, but I'm using the, Tensor, the, the TensorFlow framework which comes from Google mm -hmm. and I, I can run it all locally now, which is a, a big change because before I could only have this complex capability by running stuff in Amazon Cloud or Google Cloud or Microsoft Azure or whatever TensorFlow gives me the ability to run it locally now uh, however it's abstracting a lot of the complexity of the machine learning mm. algorithms and stuff from me so I'd, I'm basically just calling one line of code to generate my model I pass in the data that I want into this model I tell it what uh, algorithm to use and uh, how big my neural network should be and all that and it generated a model for me and then my next question that I've had for a long time is okay I got this model I want to use it it's easy to it's easy to use it but I don't want to have to build it every time I want to use it how do I save it and use it in other programs and so very easy to use you just save it <laughs> there's an API oh. call to just save it to a file and you got your you got the model that you generated. Oh, and then that I, is easy. And I just in another example, I just load it from a file. Yeah. And I don't have to train it. I just load it from the file, and it's right there. And now I can use that model to calculate numbers in the future. Wow. Or, or numbers elsewhere on the plane that I didn't train it to to learn. Yeah. Huh. The interesting thing is that it statistically like so. There's two grad. There's an X and a Y. A set of they call them vectors of data mm -hmm. of scalar data just numbers and you ch um, it, it guesses the relationship between the two because there's a pattern mm -hmm. but it's a fit you only feed it like 10 sets of numbers right and so it then figures out what the relationship is between those numbers and then you can tell it all right tell me what the value of y is going to be at the hundredth element Whoa. And even though you didn't tell it, you know, what those values were, it can now inter it can now figure out what those values are from a statistical point of view. So wow. it's not exact. It'll be like, oh, statistically, you, you, I recommend that this number is probably going to be, you know, something, but it's not going to be exactly. It'll be close to it, but not exact, mm -hmm. which I thought was that kind of blew me away. So a function will tell you exactly what that number is. It'll do it fast. But this this machine learning model is figuring out statistically what that value could be. Okay. Does that make any sense? I think so. So anyway, that's what I learned this week. Um, I didn't talk. I didn't talk about supervised learning, which is what this is. And I, I, we're thirty minutes in, but I do want to talk a little bit about supervised learning versus some of the other the different styles of learning. So. So with machine learning, you have supervised learning, you have unsupervised learning, and you have semi-supervised learning, <laughs> and you have reinforcement learning. 
and I don't want to get into any of those. Um, no, I'm not talking about any of those other than supervised learning. That's what I'm trying to learn. And with supervised learning, you have a set of data that you want to train a model with. And in that set of data, you, def you have a label to define what it is. So if you're talking about cats, you've got a, cat a bunch of cat data and then a bunch of non-cat data, and your label says this is a cat or this is a dog or this is whatever. And that label helps the model figure out what it is statistically. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? That's supervised so learning. Yeah, so, so it's, it's looking at all the pictures and finding out the similarities between all the pictures and saying, okay, then that's why it's not recognizing cat on its front because all the cat pictures that it's saying it's a cat is on its back. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was trained with cats on the back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't know because I didn't look at any of the training data. Um, so that's what supervised learning is. And I was thinking, you know, in the real world with humans, supervised learning is like us going to school, like public school or Vygotsky. going to college. We're getting fed data and we're being told what that data is. Vygotsky model. Yep. <laughs> What's Vygotsky model? Uh, Vygotsky. He's, Vygotsky. Um, Vygotsky and Dewey are kind of like foundational theorists and Vygotsky is like um, different than Dewey because it's, I'm going to tell you what to do. Um, I'm going to supervise and tell you exactly what you need to know versus Dewey. It's like, okay, you experience it and then I'm going to ask you a question so you can, and then help you find your own answers. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of like coaching versus mentoring. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I started thinking about that and I'm like, you know, so I, in the world of machine learning, supervised learning is kind of, uh, it's cool. Mm -hmm. it, it's really cool what, what the machine is doing and what it's able to infer from what you, what you give it. But um, from a human perspective, I started thinking supervised learning is kind of that that's broken. That's a broken way of learning something. Yep. I can't remember anything from college. I mean, I think I remember one law case, United States versus Eichmann. I think it was 1976. That, for some reason that sticks in my head. No, I can't tell you anything else I learned in college. Like, uh, because it was supervised, <laughs> supervised learning and I, and I forget everything. Yeah. But when, the way I approached programming, learning programming, I didn't learn in a formal setting. I taught myself for the most part. I did take some class to mm -hmm. supplement things I was learning. But Java, I, I, I taught myself how to program um, because I was curious and I wanted to learn how to do it. And it's the same thing with machine learning. I'm using courses to supplement, but I'm not, like I, I'm trying to explain that taking courses online didn't, it's not telling me everything I want to know. And the only way I can fill in the gaps is to be curious and to start asking, you know, where, do, where does that model live and figure it out. Um, through motor memory, building motor memory on the keyboard, uh, learning how to develop the simplest programs, uh, being curious about how to do things and then go do things bit by bit. Build the simplest thing you can and then slowly but surely build more complexity into it uh, that's how i'm looking at myself mm -hmm. and thinking that's how i learn best is not just from a professor telling me how to do things like that just seems like totally broken to me now at my stage in my career of how to actually learn things it's actually against how humans typically learn like we do learn more by experiencing things and then reflecting on it and sometimes you need to be told um that sometimes you know you touch the hot stove and then you learn from there, oh, that stove is hot when it's red. Um, 
so if you look at our school systems, the the, the whole supervised learning is really trained still from the industrial age where we're mm. training cogs and wheels versus thinking. Mm -hmm. And versus were we to have a more experiential system like you're talking about, like really promoting that curiosity of learning, um, think of who we could be developing and those future amazing people and future thinkers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so to me, that's what intelligence is. That's the difference between you know, machine learning and intelligence. And intelligence is curiosity mm -hmm. and thinking about what don't I know and how do I learn that? How do I go learn it on my own? Uh, so that does, to me, that's really interesting. Like college is not building intelligence, or I don't want to say that. <laughs> that's probably a bad thing to say. Uh, um, but that structured learning is, I don't think that's really intelligence. And I think that's really interesting to think about. Maybe I'm totally wrong, maybe I'm totally off base, but to me the intelligence is the curiosity that we have as humans and the motivation we have to go figure things out on our own, not to be spoon-fed or told what to read, or you know, some structured curriculum, you know? I don't think that's what, and if we're building that in machines, I don't think artificial intelligence is ever gonna exist. So I think we really need to figure out what intelligence means. So there's a book um, Ed, by Edward Hess that I'm reading right now, and it's awesome. And it's called Humility is the New Smart. And it's rethinking human excellence in the smart machine age. So it, it talks about exactly that. Like, what is what do we actually need to make ourselves better for, in this new world where hmm. machines can help us? And how do we change how we think and how we act and how we learn? And curiosity is like the fundamental piece yeah. of that. What's that book again? Uh, Humility is the New Smart. Huh. Where'd you? I didn't know you had that book. Yeah, I told you about it. And then there's also one called <laughs> Hyperlearning, which I'm going to read next. Hyperlearning, how to adapt to the speed of change. And that's also um, how to rethink and learn in the intelligence age. Oh, those are awesome. Oh, so <laughs> maybe you can talk about a book you've read on the next podcast <laughs> instead of me. Give me some time to actually do some more reading. But the next book I'm reading is uh, called A Brief History of Artificial Intelligence by Michael Woldridge. That looks so interesting. He's a Cambridge professor who's yeah. really, he really loves artificial intelligence and he's going to tell me more about the real deal there. Sweet. So hopefully that'll be coming up in the next podcast episode, but... Um, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about my experiences diving <laughs> into machine learning and trying to learn more about this field and get more experience, and it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy tinkering with it. And I appreciate you like talking about it at a very... Not, I'm non-technical at all, and so at a non-technical level, so that it's, it's helpful to, to really get a grasp on it because it is the way the future's going, and it's going to help me in what I do. So yeah, I don't that. feel like I explained it well at all because I, I don't really fully understand it. Well, so we're going to still, still working on So anyway, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs> Bye. Over and out.